Welcome to the Amplify You podcast with your host, me, moi, Danielle, where I interview entrepreneurs from all different types of businesses and share their story and amplify them. I am so excited to share each and every one of them with you. And maybe you're going through an entrepreneurial journey and you might see yourself within them and that might help help elevate you. So I'm stoked. I hope you are. So stay tuned. This is going to be an incredible ride. Welcome, welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I have Sharon, who I'm really excited to talk to you because I don't think we talked about your field before on the podcast. So first of all, Sharon, I'm going to pass you the mic and do a little intro of yourself, and then we're going to get into it. Okay. So my name is Sharon Tasman, and I am the founder of HD Biz Law. It used to be called the Health and Technology Law Firm, but I've been really for the last four years focusing on helping women, especially and members of the BIPOC community, level up when they're going solo, whether it's their new full-time job or whether it's there's something they're doing on the side. I've actually been a business technology and life sciences lawyer for 30 years, but I worked in big law for 15. I worked for a big corporation. And then in 2013, I started my own law firm. And at the time I was dealing more with my tech and biotech clients that I'd worked with before, but I really feel that as a woman, we have to support each other. Mm -hmm. So over the last four years, actually before the pandemic, I've really been focusing on providing education and training and legal services for solo and small businesses because legal doesn't have to be scary. It really doesn't. It doesn't have to break the bank. And if you are a solo or a small business, they actually, contracts are actually your best friend, but people don't realize it because let's face it, a lot of people hate lawyers. They think we're scum. They, (laughs) you know, I'm honest, life is too uh short to be honest, but that's not me. You know, I, I love what I do because it is as much business and technology as law. Mm -hmm. And I started as an engineer and I took business classes. So I don't feel like I need a second shower at the end of the day. Mm because I've helped people do something important. So that's me. I love that. And I think I kind of want to get into, first of all, why law, right? Why did you want to practice law to begin with? Okay. So first, I was not the child who like knew their whole lives. They wanted to be a lawyer. My mother started computer programming in the 1950s. She taught my brother. They taught me when I was 12. So I thought I was going down that path. Mm. But along the way, and I started, I worked for GE. I ran their computer training center when I was 21. I worked for MCI. And I admit I was really, really good at it, but it didn't make me go, oh, yeah, wow. And I had a law class. It was a labor relations class, personal and labor relations. And it just clicked. It just made sense. So after working as a programmer, I went, "Mm, eh, this isn't for me. And I went actually back to my professor And I said, would you write me a recommendation? And she said, yes, I always knew you'd be your lawyer. You were just fighting it. Mm. And then my mother gave me what I can only describe as a backhanded compliment. I really despise lawyers, but I think you'll be very good at it. But (laughs) I know. (laughs) My mother was that That's our family. Yeah, that's our family. You know, our family is our Mm -hmm. family. You can pick your friends, right? But no, my my mother was brilliant and taught me to program and I'm forever grateful because what I do is as much business and technology and law. And I love that because 
because I have the business background, because I have the technology background, I'm able to understand and help clients more because in this day and age, there's no way you can have a business without technology as part of it, whether it's your website, it's social media, it's AI, which just does not belong in law. And that's a whole other discussion. Right. But you can't not have technology and have a business. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I get to do everything I've ever loved put together, but because for the last 10 years I've had my own practice, now I get to choose my clients. Mm -hmm. I don't work for somebody else. I'm the boss. I get to choose my clients. And it's nice because whether it's a life sciences client that does research on an orphan disease that nobody else touches because there's so few patients or whether it's helping women, I get to choose. And at the end of the day, I feel good about what I'm doing. Probably my biggest problem, Danny, is that I tend to help. You know, the joke is you're supposed to teach the what and the why and not the how. Yep. I often end up doing the how because I genuinely want to help. So I, I am learning that, you know, it's never too old. You're never too old. It's never too late. I didn't start my first business to 45 and I still learn things every day. So, well, I can resonate on the fact that you, you do it with your heart, right? Because, I, you know, I, I'm definitely, I can definitely resonate with that because I do a lot of stuff, you know, that's why I do what I do as well. But I kind of want to get into if somebody is starting their business, right? Okay. And they're, you know, wanting to make sure everything is copacetic, right? The T's are all, all crossed and the I's are all dotted. What kind of like advice would you give them to make sure that that's the right path that they're going? Okay. So what I would say is whether it is you are taking the leap completely from employee and starting your own business and leaving the employee path behind, Mm -hmm. or you're doing the new business on the side to see if it's for you. The most important thing is to remember, you need to separate your personal assets from your business assets. You as a person and you as a business need to be separate so that if God forbid something goes wrong in your business, your house, your car, your savings that you've worked so hard to build up aren't touchable or they aren't touchable to the maximum extent possible. Mm -hmm. And the key to do that is even if you think it's going to be a small business, set yourself up as an LLC, which stands for limited liability company. Mm -hmm. It is not hard in every state in the United States. You can go basically online and fill out a form that's one or two pages and pay a filing fee of one to $300 and become an LLC. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are more things that you can do to prove that you're really being a business, the most important of which is have a business checking account that's separate from your personal checking account, Mm -hmm. and don't treat your business checking account like your piggy bank, because that's what makes, God forbid, something happens. Your creditors go, huh, are you really a business? Or is this just you as a person? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is, is really make sure that you have separated you as a person from you as a business. That's Mm -hmm. definitely step number one. And it's not hard. Like I said, you can go the next step. Well, you should go the next step and have your own check, a separate checking account. You should have an operating agreement, which sets out the rules of the road for your business. But legally, setting yourself up as the LLC is the key step. So that's definitely step number one. Step number two is 
If you're going to be providing services of any kind, you must have your own services agreement, whether you call it a client agreement, a consulting agreement, a coaching agreement, a website development agreement. You must have an agreement that sets out how you're going to perform the services in a way that doesn't catch you at the end of the day. A lot of people go, I'm new. I don't want to think about lawyers either because I don't like lawyers or I don't think I can afford lawyers or I don't think I need lawyers or I think I can do it later. But the client agreement, it's how you're bringing revenue in. And if you just grab something off the internet, it may look like a client agreement, but a client agreement written on behalf of the consultant, meaning the person providing the services, and a client agreement written by a client Mm -hmm. getting the services the title's going to be the same. Right. The first page probably looks the same. But when you get into the details, there can be fundamental differences that actually can destroy your business from the outset. If you are a consultant, a service provider, you for sure have developed tools or are developing tools, methods, reports, code banks, your forms that you use, those things that you use to provide services from client to client that you need to be able to use again and again and again. Mm-hmm. We'll call it your background or pre-existing property. In a client agreement written by a client, the client typically will ask you to assign everything you own to them. Well, everything you've done for them to them. Huh. But the problem is because clients think they need to own it or want to own. Clients like the word I own, mm-hmm. assign. Right? If you do that, any of your reports that you use over and over, if you used them, any background technology or copyrightable material, if you've used it to create the work for that client and you assign the work to that client, you have nothing left to use again because the word assign legally means you have given up 100% ownership to the client. So if in your very first client, and this is really, really common, when you're starting a new business, people just sign whatever's put in front of them. They're just desperate. They want to get the revenue in the door. I get it. You take the client, even if they're not a great client, you sign the contract because either you don't have a lawyer, you don't know you need a lawyer, or you just trust the client. There are things in there that can really hurt you long-term. One of which is if you've assigned away your rights, you don't have them anymore. The other thing that really catches a lot of consultants and women, especially, we want to be nice. We are brought up in society to be nice, to be agreeable, to be reasonable. So if a client says, well, I want you to do the work until I'm reasonably satisfied, that seems like a, and I'm going to use this word a lot, reasonable thing to say. But if you in fact agree to perform the services until the client is reasonably satisfied, When are you finished? Mm, Never. When the client says (laughs) we're done, right? Right. So you can end up having to reperform services over and over, or the client can change what they're asking for. They'll just go, I thought you were going to do this. Mm. And, And this is a true story. I had someone come to me after the fact. They signed a contract that said they would perform services to the client's reasonable satisfaction. The client ended up demanding $50,000 in redos of services on a $25,000 contract. 
Wow. Because the contract gave the client the right. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, the client was a little evil mm-hmm. and took advantage of that phrase, but he knew what was in his own contract. They signed the client's template. Said, right. reasonably, but it seems, and, and we use the word again, reasonable. I'm, I'm going to do the work until they're reasonably satisfied. So that's a phrase that seems okay to have, but really can hurt you because not only are you losing that $50,000 of services on the current contract, you've just lost all the time or opportunity cost mm. that you could be doing the work for somebody else where maybe you're getting more money. Right. And that's the third thing that people really need to be aware of is that all of that work that we talked about that you've created before, your report, your tools, your techniques, your methods that you reuse, the things that make you special, are you charging for them? People tend not to. They, they don't think about the fact that, okay, if I had to create this from scratch for a client, how much would it really cost the client? Most people, I think, are undervaluing their service, the cost of their services, probably 25 to 50% because they don't take into account this. So that's the third thing is you need to know what you own. You need to sit down and figure out all the things that you've built that make you special and, and own it. And as women, we don't. And I don't mean to be, you know, talking about just women, but, you know, your no, audience are women. Right. Yeah. But statistics show that, for example, a man will apply for a job if he's only 50 to 60% qualified. Mm-hmm. But a woman waits till she's 90%, which is part of the reason men advance faster. Or a woman won't ask for a raise unless she thinks she 90% deserves it. But men will just go in and ask for the raise. They're not afraid to do it. They don't worry about being nice. Now, we also do have the problem of if we're too aggressive, we're deemed a rhymes with which. (laughs) But we can still be polite and nice and be paid our worth. And that's the important part. So the three things, minimum, have an LLC. Have a client agreement written for you, for your business, that make sure you don't give up ownership of the tools you need to reuse, that makes sure that you're not trapped in a cycle of endless reperformance of services, that gives you an out if your client doesn't pay you, and make sure that you know what you own so that you're pricing yourself for what you're actually worth. I'm going to let that breathe for a second. And I'm hoping you guys are all taking notes because that was, that was great. And I think super, super informative. And I know like, I'm sure everybody's going to be writing that down because it's, I think it's super important because you're building this business. You want it to be successful and you want to build a client base, but the right client base. And you want to make, you want to make sure everything's aligned. So no, I, I loved all of that. I truly, truly do. And in full disclosure, I had been a lawyer for 20 years before I started my law firm. Mm. When I started my law firm, I ended up firing my first client because, and it was scary to do. Mm-hmm. I fired my first private client because they would take the work, they would change it, and then they would get mad that it didn't give them the result they wanted. And this was not the kind of client you want to have. And that's something when you're starting out, it's hard to, to, to understand mm-hmm. who's going to be the right fit even if you've been business for a long time, because there is a difference between being an employee for someone else 
when you have an HR department, a finance department, a boss to go back to, and when you're in business for yourself. Because when you're an employee, you don't always see all of the problems. You don't typically see the client didn't pay. Mm-hmm. You just, I need to do this work, you do the work. Someone gave you the work, you do the work. But when you become your own boss, you have to develop a little bit of radar. That that sixth sense, the does it pass the red face test? Does it pass the sniff test? Does it fa- feel funny, right? Um, does, does it make your antenna go up? You have to also start to learn that part of it. And when you go into business yourself, you do need to understand not just your type of services or business, but business as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can be hard, it can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. There are people out there that have gone before you that will help you. Like with your podcast, you're providing other speakers to help people along mm-hmm. their journey. Reach out to people. When I started my business, someone who was 10 years older than me, but I knew from the same law firm, she had started her firm before I did. So she sat me down and you said, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. She literally sat me down in her office for hours that first day and helped me set everything up. So I I do feel an obligation to help pay it forward. And I think that, well, you've, you kind of said it right there in terms of like every coach needs a coach too, right? Because I think, you know, you, you have your own person, your mentor. So my next question for you is, if so, if you if someone wants to become your client, what okay. what kind of things can they expect from you? So what they can expect from me is I do my initial consultations for free mm-hmm. to find out if we are a good fit. Because you might not be the right client for me. I might not be the right lawyer for you. So I offer free consults. I have a link on my website. You can go to my Calendly and just schedule 30 minutes with me. Because... Because law is, in a way, personal. We're going to be working together. Now, I will keep working with you behind the scenes. When when it comes to doing deals, I may come in, help you do a deal, and leave. I get to be the bad guy for you. Mm-hmm. So you have the happy relationships with whoever you're doing the contract with. And then I step out in front of the scenes. So you want to make sure that it's someone you're going to want to work with that I communicate in a way that they understand that they actually have concerns that I can help with. I know what I know. I've been doing this long enough to know what I know and know what I don't know. And I know what I do and I know what I don't do. If it is not business-related law, if it is not technology, if it is not life sciences, I don't do it. I don't do tax. I don't do real estate. I don't do litigation. I don't do divorce. I'm a specialist. I do specialize in helping people start up small businesses, but You know, I've had people come to me going, do you do real estate leases? No, but I can point you to someone who can. Do you, um, I've got an employee litigation matter. I don't do that, but I have a colleague who does. Mm -hmm. So I've built a network of people in other specialties, but working with me, the first step is we have a consult. We talk for 30 minutes. I will let you know what I think is the most cost-effective way to do what you need. Now, some people want to work with me and my hourly rate is out of their budget. Mm-hmm. It's lower for solo and small businesses than for large clients, but it still is out of the range for some people. I do actually have templates that I sell that are heavily annotated 
that are based on 30 years of legal experience and include walkthrough videos. So for somebody who has a little more time than money, you can do a little DIY and I have templates for that. If you work with me typically to become a private client, it is done for you. I do it. We, we will sit down after the consult and say, okay, this is the plan. This is the agreement I want. And I always give estimates of what I think it will cost. Certain things I do on a flat fee basis because I know how long they're going to take me. So I have a basic startup package, which includes the basic documents you need, a client agreement, a confidentiality agreement, um, your LLC agreement. I have a website protection package, which includes your terms of use, your privacy policy, a website disclaimer. And those are flat fee. So you know exactly what it's going to cost. I do take clients on an hourly basis, typically not just for one agreement because it's relationship building and it, it over time, it gets better because as I work with you over time, I learn your business more, which makes me more able to head your problems off at the pass. So we avoid them before they happen. Now, if someone is listening, they go, oh God, I signed the client's contract. I have no idea what's in it. What do I do? There are things we can do to fix backwards, right? We can do an amendment if the client is willing. We can do an analysis. So I can, you know, some things are harder to undo, but there's some things that we can fix later. If you signed a contract that assigned everything to the client, clients generally will be reasonable if you explain why you want to do an amendment. So we could approach a client and say, look, all those things that I did custom for you that are based on your confidential information, yes, of course you own those. But I accidentally, because I did not realize it, assigned to you my tools. And I'm sure you'll agree that I need to use them again because you're getting the benefit of everything I've done before. Can we do this short little amendment? We could probably do it in two pages. And not scary, not threatening. And the other thing I like to do is, like we're talking here, I try to talk in plain English as much as possible. Now, and I try to write in plain English. Now, admittedly, there are certain provisions and contracts which are going to sound like lawyer language. No matter what you do, there's only so many ways that I can say, I hereby assign all of my worldwide right, title, and interest into all intellectual property, including patents, trademarks, copyrights, and other intellectual property rights to you. And that's actually a phrase that's sort of like a magic phrase in order to make that assignment actually happen. But otherwise I can say, I'm going to, you're going to do this. The client's going to do that. Your deadline is based on the client finishing this first. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things we do actually say these days in plain English, because nobody wants that legal speak all the time. Right. I keep clients surprised by email, by Zoom. I live on Zoom. So that's what it's like to work with me is kind of like we're having this conversation right now. We have the conversation, we lay out a plan, and I never start another, a second or a third project for a client without a client's okay. Because you may have decided to start with something and we have a plan that I'm going to do your client agreement and then I'm going to do a confidentiality agreement, and then I'm going to do your website documents. But something may come up and you want me to change the order or your business slowed down and you want me to wait. My goal is to help you not make you feel worse. Right. So I do that all the time. I always check in 
And once I've delivered a contract to you, I will go over what it means, how to use it. My goal, and this is going to sound a little weird, is I try to write myself out of a job. Hmm. If I've done my job right, I have written a client services agreement for you. I've showed you how to use it and the few things you might need to change for different clients. And I've showed you how to write your description of services that you will be able to tweak for your next project. And then you don't need me unless a client wants to change something because you will know how to write it. I use, I believe in write it once, use it a hundred times. So once I've created your client agreement template for you, the only thing you have to do is change the description of services for each new project. So you can walk out of the client pitch, whether it's literally walking out because you were in person or being on a Zoom or, or doing it all by email. And within just a couple hours, send them the, the whole client, the whole do- contract ready to sign. And it will make you look more professional. You will be more professional and you probably can actually get away with higher rates because clients understand the difference between a well-drafted document and a bad one. I mean, first of all, I, what I got from all of that, first of all, is um, you definitely know your zone of genius within your, you know, within your business. And I think that what I got also was that you have, you know, other partners that can, you know, if that, if that particular client can't work with you, you can, you, you know, somebody that they can work with because yes. it just, I'm just bringing, I'm just thinking of a moment where, you know, when you said something about real estate, cause uh, my mom is actually a real estate bro- uh, agent and she was doing a sale with another real estate agent and he, his, his zone of genius was not real estate. It was law. So it's like, what? It makes no sense. But what I think that the honor for you is that you know your zone of genius. You and your clients can trust you in that they, if the, the business, if the business works between the two of you, you're going to get the job done for them. And and that is my goal. I I've done six billion dollars in deals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I know what I know. Right. And you know when I was in big law and I was training junior associates the single most important thing I would tell them is know what you don't know. Ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask the question because there's nothing scarier than someone acting like they know something when they don't. Right. I totally agree with you. And I I do not want to be that person. (laughs) Either. No, me neither. Me neither. As we're kind of rounding things out here, I wanted to, my last question for you is, you know, with all the success that you've had and, you know, when you look at your family, right, what is that ultimate legacy that you want to leave? <sighs> That's a complex question. Mm, mm. Um, I, I'm an open book, so I actually have no children okay. because I had ovarian cancer when I was a really, really young. We are getting married in the fall. I'm very excited. He is just love of my life. And I have my two closest friends who are basically sisters to me. Their kids are sort of like my kids. What I want to leave with them is that I've been someone that they can come to because sometimes you need to talk to the parent, a parent figure or an adult, but you don't want to tell mom and dad. I want to be someone that people can come to and be honest with and know that I will be honest back to them because life is just too short not to. So I think that's the legacy that I have 
paid it forward, helped women level up in business, that I've been there for friends and family when they need it. I'm the one who does all the medical research. I was in biotech. Um, I'm a great patient ombudsman. I, I would rather not use that skill as often as life makes it with people these days. Mm-hmm. But I think just that I've been a good person and done what I could to pay it forward. I I absolutely love it. And I, I mean, and I want to honor you and all the, the, you know, your success thus far. And I can't wait to see what's to come. And Thank I know you. my li- my listeners are going to want to reach out to you, want to connect with you. So please share ways that they can connect with you. And I'll po- I'm going to post it in the show notes for sure. So on pretty much all social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, I am at htbizlaw, B-I-Z. So H for health, T for technology, B-I-Z, law.com. You can reach me at contact at htbizlaw.com. I have um, on you know Instagram and LinkedIn, I have uh, links in the bio to a welcome page where you can sign up for a consult. I have a roadmap, which is the six must-haves to protect and grow your business. That's free. Uh, that's available. There are links on um, through my social media. Pretty much uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, YouTube Shorts. Uh, am I missing anything? No, I think that's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sharon, I, I truly appreciate you just taking the time out to chat with me. And I know I personally learned so much and I, I know... You know, I have a full-time job, plus I'm doing some, you know, entrepreneurial business as well. And I definitely um, have some things to work on for sure after what you talked about. So, um, but I truly appreciate you. And guys, if you love this episode, please tag the two of us. We will show you back some love. But thank you again, Sharon, truly. And thank you very much for having me. And if your listeners have any questions, seriously, reach out, contact at hdbizlaw.com. I'll be happy to answer your questions. Amazing. Guys, I'm super excited to announce that I just launched an online clothing boutique called Bella Mel Boutique in honor of my sister who passed away from cancer. The clothing in there right now is incredible. The wholesalers that I'm that I'm going to have in there. I'm being very strategic. Um, they're going to be very special, near and dear to my heart as well. So please check out the website, bellamelboutique.com and check the Instagram page, Bellamel Boutique. And I can't wait for you guys to see it.